Hello and welcome to the Stenix podcast. My name is Dennis and I'm your host. And today I'm here with David, our co-host. Hello, everybody. So in today's episode, we will talk about the planche again. But this time we will talk about the periodization and how to structure your planche training from beginner to an advanced athlete. We will talk about when am I ready to train the planche? What do I need to be able to do to start training a planche? How long does it take to learn this exercise? How many times a week do I need to train? We will have a little excursus about hypertrophy and specificity, and we will talk about planche and basic training, as well as going through the different propedeutics, talking about planche leans, tuck planche, advanced tuck planche, straddle, one leg straddle, all that fun stuff. And at the end, we'll talk a bit about full planche and dynamic variations like the planche push-up, the planche press, and so on. So strap in and get ready for a very interesting long episode. So that said, right. I would say, David, I'll hit you with the first question. So when am I ready to train the planche? Yes, very important questions. Um, and it's also dependent on uh, quite a few factors. So at first you, ha uh, you have to look at your anthropometrics. So how tall are you? How much do you weight? How much muscle mass do you carry around? And do you just start out with uh, training in calisthenics or do you have some training experience prior to training it? Do you have some straight arm experience? Those are all very important questions that you uh, should consider before starting out because it will also determine um, if you are ready or not. But in general, um, I would say you you probably are ready because uh, your the requirements for just starting out with planche are not that high. So if you are able to hold a straight arm plank with good form and have some basic understanding of your scapular movements and know what protraction and depression means and also have some basic strength in uh, just dips and push-ups, then you are probably ready to start out with planche training. Very good. So Which, to sum it up, I think is yes. know your scapular positions and being able to do a few push-ups, being strong enough to hold a plank, uh, being strong enough to hold a straight arm plank with straight arms and understanding those movements that you said. If you're confused about some words we use like elevation, depression, uh, protraction, retraction, etc., etc., go back and listen to our first podcast. We explain all these uh, this words there. Yeah. And also, don't forget, um, your expectations have to, uh, of course, be different if you are, for example, uh, 195 centimeters high and weight 110 kilos than uh, when you're uh, a smaller person uh, which weights less 
So this will, of course, determine um, how fast you can uh, go to the next progression and how you start out. So um, the next question is, how long does it take? So Dennis, what do you think? How long do you think does it take to go from beginner to learning a full planche? Mm -hmm. So um, this is probably most asked question in calisthenics. And the answer to that is it depends. So a planche journey, <laughs> of course, <laughs> of course, a planche journey can take from one to five or more years. Um, we have a video on YouTube where we can see one of our clients, Patrick, achieving the full planche uh, in about two years, um, and he's like 180 and weighs 80 kg. So he's not uh, the most little and not the most light guy. Um, and this, for example, is more an exception to the rule. So usually it does take longer. Um, here we have a few points. Many of them you already named. So do we have a good base? Do we have already a good mass muscle mass? Do we have a good feeling for our body? Do we understand activations quickly or not? Um, that is a point that many people don't look at. Um, If you have been an athlete all your life, if you were a swimmer, if you did other sports where you really got a feeling for your muscles and shoulder blade positioning, et cetera, et cetera, you will be able to pick up movements way faster than someone that never did sport his whole life and in his 20s decides to learn a planche. Doesn't have to be, but it is very often the case. And learning an activation can take somewhere between one and five months, meaning until you don't understand how to position your scapula correctly to use the right muscles to progress quicker, you won't be able to progress because you're stuck there and you don't understand how to activate. While athlete B understands that right away and tsak, he can manage to put on seconds and <laughs> seconds because he uses a bigger muscle. And, and that's yeah. something you keep seeing in the coaching and, and something that many people underestimate it's like not this linear beautiful easy progress you go from yes. one to the next so yeah it, i think you you mentioned a really important point it's more the time you personally take to understand some um correct movement patterns not just let's uh wait five years and train this movement without mm -hmm. ever thinking about what i uh do in terms of activation and then magically uh at some point you will just hold it and uh, i think this is a very good transition uh to the next point uh which is that quality uh is extremely important in planche mm -hmm. so movement quality is much more important than just um, doing a high frequency of the movement uh, with poor form, for example. Um, yeah, which leads me to my next question. How often should I train the planche? Mm -hmm. Can I train it every day or what do you think? So um, many people think the more the better and Uh, I think attaching to the, the thing before, um, many people now will think, but I've seen that athlete, he learned to planche in one year and he had a bad form before and then improved and he trains every day. So you never have to forget that the people that you see on Instagram and on the internet, 
usually have a particular talent in a certain exercise. Otherwise, they wouldn't get as good as quickly. And they can afford to train every day. They can afford to do things the wrong way and just get stronger over time and only then learn certain activations. For most people, this is not the case. Most people, if they train every day, they will get hurt. Uh, meaning we usually advise training planche. If you start out maybe two times a week and you focus on getting stronger in basic exercises to, to just put on some muscle mass, if you already have the muscle mass, two times a week for many people is enough and you might add a third day in the middle, which is very technical to understand certain activations better. So my general recommendation is two to three times a week. If you're a very advanced athlete, you have tried out a lot or you have a coach that knows that you can do more because he has accompanied you, accompanied you for a long time. For example, Patrick again, as an example, he uh, had mesocycles where he trained planche four times a week. Uh, let's say not always isometrics, but he had like very easy planche push-ups in the plan or stuff like that. And you can play around with the variables more if you know the athlete. But as a general rule, two to three times a week is more than enough to improve. Yeah. So um, it should be uh, stated a little bit different than just how many times should I train? It mm -hmm. should be stated like, how many times can I personally train with the best possible training form? And um, this is very important. So uh, one person is maybe able to train, like you said, four times a week with very high quality in training. Uh, and another per person that's maybe just starting out um, and is fatiguing uh, rapidly um, with planche training is maybe better off to just train two times per week to um, let some room for improvements in other areas and uh, still incorporate planche training. Um, yeah, I think that cannot be over um, overemphasized. Yeah. Um, okay. I would say aside from frequency, which is important, we can say a few words about training volume because like how often you train is not everything. It depends how much you do. And then people think they train two times a week and they just do 20 sets per session. Um, uh, you don't need that much. We usually start out with eight sets a week, maybe uh, 12, but four of those are extremely easy. And then you can ramp like you can go on and maybe at the end of the mesocycle, you will have something between um, 15 and 20 sets uh, and with some athlete 20 to 30. But uh, eight sets a week are enough to improve in the beginning because every adaptation will be neuromuscular. It won't be, it will be learning the activation, learning how to use the right muscle. You don't need a lot of volume to that. You just need some repetition. And once you got that down, then you can think about getting stronger, building up some muscle, building up volume, building up a margin that will help you improve over time. Yeah. And that uh, you heard that right. Eight sets per week. That's really, uh, when you hear that the first time, it's not that much. And yeah. it's really important to understand what you just said. Um, most of it is just the body learning the right uh, technique. It's not necessarily uh, s strong strength improvements. 
Um, which leads me to my next point. Um, in planche, um, unlike in other exercises, uh, you do not have an extreme uh, carryover from other exercises. So, mm -hmm. for example, when you look at the front lever or the one arm pull up, um, you have high carryover from uh, weighted pull ups. So the stronger your one rep max in uh, weighted pull ups is, Uh, the more likely uh, it is for you to perform one of these exercises just by some <laughs> magic and suddenly it's uh, possible for you. Of course, um, if you want to do it with high quality, there has to be some speci specificity to uh, the skill. Um, but it's not as extreme as in planche. Um, planche is really unique in that way. Uh, it's a very specific strength you need to learn. Um, this is mainly because you have straight, uh, this is a straight arm exercise, uh, and you do not, uh, have this component, uh, in much other areas. Yeah. But do not mistake this, uh, for uh, going on and saying, okay, I don't need uh, exercises that are high, uh, in hypertrophy range and are hypertrophing uh, like the, um, the front delt. Um, so in addition to the sets you just mentioned, there has to be some um, unspecific work, which is uh, help growing the muscle and this will also uh, help with your planche training as well. Exactly. I think to, to say it in a short matter, um, we'll probably have a podcast episode just because of that, because it's not as easy as I'm going to say it now, but there are two carryovers. There's one carryover, which is specific. You do the exercise, you just get better at it uh, neurologically. And with time, you will put on more muscle in that specific angle. If Of course, you eat enough and you train it enough and uh, in a range which allows it to grow. Uh, that's number one. And number two is an unspecific carryover just for muscle mass. Muscle mass is just like an engine. Uh, the bigger the engine, the more you can put in, the more you get out of it. Meaning um, working on your front delt will help you. In fact, you can see athletes that have extremely strong shoulders. Like they're extremely strong in handstand push-up. They do crazy stuff in handstand push-ups. And that has a good carryover, not just because of the angle, because of the muscle too. And at the same time, the specific angle and the muscle. And at the same time, they can hold a planche. Often you will see their planche will look a bit different than a well-executed planche because they maybe do not understand the activations in the planche, right? And they just hold it with pure front delt strength. So... It's not that easy. Like you have to look at the details to really understand this movement, really understand how somebody get got there and what his strengths are and how to use them the best to make someone progress. Yeah, that just means that planche has very high uh, strength demands in general, but also very high technical demands. Mm. So um, something you mentioned is there are very strong people that can hold 
for example, a full planche, but um, the, this full planche is very compensated. So um, there are, you can't see the right technical activations. For example, um, the most common uh, thing you see with very strong uh, person is they have an extreme lean. And this lean is okay for them. They uh, just compensate a lack of projection uh, by leaning uh very far forward and they're able to hold the, uh, a full planche but this is the question you has has uh, have to answer for yourself what type of planche do i want to hold do i want a high quality uh planche this is uh, kind of like the same question with the handstand do i want a straight line handstand or do, want, uh, do i want a banana that is <laughs> it, both are a handstand <laughs> But uh, you have to ask yourself, what do you want? And um, if you want to uh, hold a high quality planche, uh, you have to uh, keep in mind it's high technical, uh, very... Has a high technical, technical demand. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So, okay. Next one that on. said, um, I think we can, can talk a little bit about uh, progressions. So how do we start out with progressing a planche, Dennis? Okay, so um, here I would make a big point and I will differ differentiate the absolute beginner from the beginner that already has some muscle mass because they have two different approaches. Uh, let's start off with the complete beginner, your uh, skinny guy you don't really haven't trained much you have you can do a few push-ups and a few pull-ups and stuff like that but you aren't strong yet you don't have any muscle mass your number one priority will be putting on some mass meaning we can start working on your planche we will start working on your planche by doing a straight arm plank and understanding basic movements of the scapula. You will understand how to adduct your scapula, so bring them together, retract them, and how to abduct them, how to bring them away from each other, how to activate muscles like the serratus anterior, how to uh, get just a feeling for the tension that you need in the back to hold yourself in that position, to get stable and work around with all the stabilizing muscles. Um, understand what elevation means, what depression means, understanding where in the space your shoulder is and what feels good and what doesn't feel good. So you will have extremely technical work, maybe eight sets per week. You have, we will have your, your straight on planks. If you're maybe a tiny bit stronger already, planche leans where you do these little exercises with your shoulders and maybe two sets at the end of the workout where you do an easier version of that too. So maybe a tiny bit more volume, but very, very technical. And all your work will be focused on putting on some strength in the shoulders, putting on some mass, doing push-ups, doing back to one hands, then push-ups, uh, pike push-ups, things like that, just to get your shoulders strong and your pushing strength going. Uh, that's number one. And there will be no progression on your planche training for now. 
you will just progress on getting stronger. You will do your four sets on day one, four sets on day three, whatever it is, and maybe two sets at the end of the workout, or two sets at the end of the workout there. And that's it. You will, won't put sets on, you won't put seconds on. You will do the same thing until you understand it correctly. Then we have the second kind of beginner, the one that already has some, some muscle mass. Here, the story is a bit different, meaning we will take this athlete and we'll see how his planche lean looks. If he already has understood the right technique, if he has, uh, we can start putting planche leans into his training and add sets week by week. Keep it very technical in the beginning, always, because he has to understand the movement. Do not add seconds in the beginning. Just see that he understands the movement and with time, can add seconds, make him stronger, and then go to the next progressions. Yeah, I also want to mention, uh, we when we talk about muscle mass, uh, we are talking about muscle mass in the right places. So that means that maybe a person with very heavy legs um, has to start out, like you mentioned before, with the um, planks and with the straight arm uh planche leans and understanding the right activations um it's just to differentiate because uh some people can just jump in a tuck planche right away no problem and for them um it makes sense from a technical standpoint to incorporate uh planche leans and so on but if they can already do the first progression of the planche um, they can just start experimenting uh, with that and progressing from there. While others, like for example myself, um, when I started out with planche training, um, the first contact I had with that was actually with a bent arm crow, <laughs> which has nothing to do with the planche actually, but uh, I just <laughs> couldn't hold uh, any straight arm exercise whatsoever. So um, I had to work my way from there, uh, then I progress to uh, with my uh, knees, straight arm, for example, like a pseudo uh, yeah, tuck knees planche. And elbow, with, uh, straight yeah, arm exa exactly. Tuck. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just uh, wanted to point that out. And from there, uh, when you can already hold a decent tuck planche and you can perform planche leans with good protraction and the right activations, Dennis, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. Where do I go from here? Okay. Yeah. Maybe, uh, like you mentioned the step between like understanding the planche lean, then we can add some seconds, then we can make the step to elevate the planche lean because the angle is more specific. And then we can start working on the tuck planche. Once we have the tuck planche and we can hold it, it's the same story all over again. We look at the technique. First of all, does the athlete activate uh, himself correctly in this exercise? Yes or no? And here there are many decisions we can take. Like if somebody has a bad activation but has a very good strength, we will start out with a lot of sets. For example, 10 sets of two seconds or three seconds where you think, dude, you never see something like that in the plan. Well, repetition, repetition, repetition. It's not difficult for him. He can keep doing that and he will understand the technique sooner or later. And then we have number two, which already has the perfect technique. And maybe we start off with a four times three, which becomes a five times three, which becomes a six times four because he's progressing very quickly, has understood the movement. We can put it 
on seconds and set there. And there you need a trained eye. Once the tuck planche is very solid and he can hold it for, and here there are no magic numbers, but like over 12 seconds, like over 10 to 12 seconds, it's very stable. He can do more sets. He understood the movement well. Now it's time to progress to advanced tuck planche. This progression isn't as easy as it sounds. For many people, the advanced tuck planche, they don't do it correctly. They skip it all together uh, or they don't understand how to activate themselves uh, in it. So what we do at Stenix is we incorporate some assistance work already before. While our athlete gets stronger in the tuck planche, he, can, he starts holding it for quite a few seconds. We put in work for the hips, which we did for you too. If I, if I remember correctly, you had a lot of hip work. Like one of your weak points is always understanding how to activate the hip correctly. That's not everyone's weak point. I must say for most people, but uh, yep. David was the case. And there we use things like the bent arm advanced tuck planche or switches between the bent arm tuck to advanced tuck planche. And that understand uh, that leads you to understand how to activate your hamstrings, how to pull your knees back, how to keep the crunch in the abs and how to keep the protraction at the same time. It's 10 things to think about at the same time. And the bent arm planche makes it easier because you don't have to think as much as keeping like to keep your arms straight. It's just easier to hold and you can focus more on your hips. So, so as you can see, um, with, I think it's uh, getting especially clear with the advanced tuck planche. There are many technical errors that uh, can be made. Um, and you, there are persons who can hold, let's say, a 10 second advanced tuck planche and it looks completely different uh, to a person who had some technical corrections. Um, and tries to emphasize protraction more, uh, like you said, crunch the abs, um, engage the hips correctly, engage the hamstrings correctly. Um, and both of them are able to hold a 10 second advanced tuck planche, for example, but one has completely retracted shoulders, very far lean. Um, so in this progression, you can really see that you need uh, the input uh, from another person who is um, looking over the exercise and uh, telling you uh, what to uh, emphasize maybe a little bit more. And um, you can also see the very technical element um, in, of the planche in the, uh, in the advanced tuck planche already, um, which becomes massive later on so when you take the next steps like you already mentioned uh, there are a lot of technical exercises that can prepare you um, because there is a huge gap between the advanced tuck planche and let's say the uh, straddle planche mm -hmm. and this is also why a lot of person uh, a lot of people uh hit a dead end when they uh, want to progress from the advanced tuck planche to the straddle planche, for example, because um, it gets so much harder to incorporate the right scapular activation. And also you have, a, have the new element of the hip, which is a, a different animal altogether because uh, 
the 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 hip is like the most abused thing in uh planche beside the shoulder blades and um you see it everywhere hips that are way too high hips that are piked hips um or uh, lumbar spine that is arched in planche and so on there are many uh technical errors and when you already have technical errors in your advanced tuck planche, you will, of course, uh, take them with you in the next exercises, which at some point just make it impossible uh, or very, very hard to progress further on. Absolutely. So when you have a coach that's uh, also looking over your exercises and you incorporate the right technique, at this point, you will have a much easier time later on. Yeah. I think this is the point where egos get hurt the most. Like most people that apply to our coaching, for example, they write, I can already hold a straddle planche for five seconds or something like that. I look at that and I tell him, yeah, well, we'll start again with the tuck planche. And people are like, what? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. Tuck and planche again. <laughs> yeah. That hurts. But uh, that is that is the way. If you have reached a halfway decent straddle planche. Maybe it's technically not perfect, but your activations are just wrong. We have to start soon enough. Like it needs to be easy enough that you understand these activations and you will have already a good basic strength, meaning you will progress faster. It doesn't mean that from the tuck planche, you will have to work a, a year on a tuck planche. Like you will progress quickly once you understand the right activations because you do have some good strength in you. Uh, it, if the straddle planche wasn't completely uh, disgusting. Um, and well, yeah, returning to the point, like how do we make this jump to from the advanced tuck planche to the straddle planche? As you said, a lot of technical work. So as with the tuck to advanced tuck planche, here we have bent arm exercises too that we use. We use the one leg bent arm um, Straddle, advanced, or, stra yeah, yeah but straddle, one leg straddle planche, impossible name, um, where you understand, like you start from a bent arm advanced tuck and you bring one leg out, you have to understand how to crunch your abs, how to keep your hip in line, etc, etc. We have work with loop bands, uh, loop bands get very important from this point on, you might need to use them earlier to switch from the tuck to advanced tuck, there are people that need to do that. Um, of course, when you have to do that, it means it will take you a long time to reach a straddle. It doesn't mean it's impossible for you, but uh, you will know. You can notice pretty quickly if somebody has gets the hang of it, yes or no. And uh, in the switch from the advanced tuck to the straddle, we like to use the one leg straddle. Uh, on some people, it's very special. Um, so the has... full name is one leg advanced tuck straddle planche <laughs> exactly that thing um and it looks pretty funny and it feels even funnier so you have to understand that movement is extremely technical it's more technical than the straddle which gives us the advantage that when the person then goes in the straddle it feels technically easier but strength-wise, it's harder so he can focus more on the strength component and less on the technical component. Um, and the one-leg straddle gives you, you have to lean in a more specific angle than in an advanced tuck, meaning you will be able to hit your shoulder in a better and more specific way, understand your shoulder blade position in that position better, and so on. So yeah. 
it gets very complicated and extremely individual here. So I will just take some general examples of people that do have a certain amount of talent to understand movement and are, and you don't need to get extremely exotic with it. But uh, once they get a good solid one leg straddle and they, we start introducing loop and work for the straddle itself, where they start from an advanced stack and go into a straddle, for example, switches like that are extremely useful if performed correctly, because you can do 10,000 mistakes and it can be completely useless. That is, that is the big thing with this switch. Like you can do 10,000 exercises, but if you don't do them right, they won't, they won't do anything for you. Yeah. So, so. I think we can sum it up by saying that um, there is a huge gap between the advanced tuck planche and the straddle planche. And um, we personally <laughs> like to incorporate uh, a one-legged uh, planche version. Um, a caveat is that this progression is very technical and it's not for everybody. So there are maybe uh, people that are better off just using uh, loop bands for straddle planche yeah. right away. Uh, but in our opinion, the other uh, choice you can make is um, incorporating uh, loop bands and uh, start working on the straddle planche. But, but, but with the right activation. Um, some people may say, okay, um, when I have bad activations, I'm just building up strength and um, I can correct them later on. Um, I, I want to point out there is a certain, let's say, range of technical error that would be acceptable and is just um, a problem of strength that is uh, still missing. But there is um, a point um, where the error becomes so big that you have to do some extra technical work in much lighter progressions to fix it. Because even if you get stronger, um, this error will just aggravate and get worse. And um, yeah, then uh, it's time to put back ego and uh, just reset. And um, there are certain examples on Instagram and so on who have set back their planche progression so many times and corrected everything uh, from the beginning again. Yeah, hello, Dennis. <laughs> um, uh, so it's important to keep that in mind. And if you uh, want to, if you do it just correctly right away, um, always, Think about you will save yourself some trouble later on down the process. So yeah. there's no point in rushing it, uh, especially with planche. Um, for some physiological reasons as well, um, I want to mention tendon health is a very big thing in uh, planche because uh, it's such an aggravating exercise and tendons need some time to get used to it not your muscles your strength probably will uh, go up the fastest your muscle grow too but um since it's a straight arm exercise you put a lot of stress on your at the front of your shoulders on your elbows and um yeah since i'm a physiotherapist i can tell how many times i hear the story of uh, people injuring themselves while doing uh planche exercises And most of them are just overused injuries um, where people 
didn't stick to their eight sets a week and just train planche, let's say, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Or just they wanted progress, to mention. Yeah, or they progress too quickly. So learning a planche in a year um, isn't, isn't the best thing ever. Many people that learn it way too fast, they pay their price in the future because uh, the tendons, they just, they, they can't keep that stress up and, and you get hurt. Um, yeah. yeah, I think um, a good point you made is, so there can be some mistakes in form. doesn't mean that everything needs to be perfect all the time. Most of the training won't look perfect. The important thing is you have understood the right activations in the progressions before. You have a very nice advanced like planche. And then you can try out a few things in the straddle, like after the one leg straddle especially, because planche is not only strength. Planche is balanced too. Meaning just like in the handstand push-up, we'll, you will need some tri uh, tries to understand the movement. We rarely have clients that the first time they try a handstand push-up, it's perfect and they arch no back or nothing, even if their handstand was perfect and their eccentrics were perfect. Here is the same thing. You will have to understand the lean. You will have to understand the balance. The important thing is that you have enough technical work to back it up and your main volume work is in high quality. What does that mean? For example, we can have uh, David, he had a four times two seconds, which is nothing. Uh, like two seconds is very short. To just understand the movement and kind of jumping into it to get a feeling for it. Um, but he had backoffs with a loop band where he gathered a lot and a lot of qualitative volume. And then he had an extra assistant exercise for his hip because he needs that. Um, and then we have, and he managed to hold pretty decent holds on the four times two, meaning they were helping him to get better and not bringing in mistakes that we don't want. That is super important. And you have to, to see if that happens, yes or no. And seeing it by yourself is very difficult. And then you have case B, which in fact, like has his four times two, maybe in the beginning of the training and they look like complete shit. And they just make everything worse than better. And he's better off working maybe on the one leg advance, yeah. uh, uh, one leg straddle advance, finger rubber, or doing loop band work and doing even more volume with the advanced tuck planche still. We're I, having just I more patience to do that step. I think the best comparison in that case is just uh, keeping in mind that trying um, the hardest progression is like doing your bench max. You won't do that every training. If you do that every training, you will not be surprised if you won't progress anymore and uh, your bench max is staying the same. So the same applies to uh, skill training. Um, but you have to keep in mind that there, there is a huge technical com component. Yeah. Like you said, sometimes it's just uh, getting familiar with the exercise. So there is this band, uh, balance component um, and then you just have to try it out. But uh, always keep in mind, uh, you have to incorporate your technical um, the technical aspect as well. And this can only be done in easier progressions than usual. Okay. Yeah. So you will, you when, will always yeah, have, yeah, you will always have the guy who tells you, I just got better trying. Yeah. 
Yeah, welcome. You have but, you have a talent, but ninety nine percent of the people don't do that. So, but we we talk about efficiency okay. and quality. So brute forcing it doesn't count in my book because uh, this often ends in injury, bad form, uh, and maybe in some very talented person somehow works. But even then, most of the time it won't. Mm-hmm. Okay, which leads leads me to my next question for you. Let's say. Um, I'm pretty advanced now. I can hold the straddle planche for, let's say, two to three seconds. Um, and I'm starting to uh, get more interested in um, holding a full planche or training towards it. How would I proceed uh, in my training when I'm that strong? Okay. Well, uh, maybe a point we haven't made before. Uh, we talked about it, but always indirect- indirectly is... First of all, in every progression, you need to work with a margin. What does that mean? That if you can hold your planche for two seconds, you're probably not really ready to train it directly yet. You will need help to to keep those seconds up more. Let's say if your planche is around five to six seconds, maybe, you can already work with a few sets of three seconds, which leads you more than enough margin um, to actually get better. And this way you can add quality volume. This way you can get better. Uh, the best way to get better here is adding sets over the weeks, quality sets, um, where your form keeps staying the same or improves. You just get better through repetition. And you do that over a few months, then you can start adding seconds with time slowly. And here there is a big point that we made already in the, in the first podcast. We like to teach the straddle planche with a nice posterior pelvic tilt, uh, which means your legs will have to be pretty close together. Meaning, if your straddle planche is solid and you hold it with a posterior pelvic tilt and your legs aren't like completely wide apart, the step to the full planche is a joke. Because the full planche is way less technical than straddle, will be easier to understand your hip and focus on your hips, and it will be a higher Uh, strength demand, but the technical demand will be much lower. Meaning our advice is if your straddle planche looks completely straddled, work on understanding the hip and work on getting stronger with time. Once you can hold a nice straddle planche uh, with a nice PPT, legs together, nice and straight, beautiful line, you can start incorporating full planche work and you can start getting stronger and then start working on the full planche. Yeah, I think this is a very important point because I think there are a lot of uh, people out there who hold a very long straddle planche that has maybe some minor compensations like you uh, mentioned, um, holding it in an uh, anterior pelvic tilt or maybe the uh, hips are slightly piked or so on. And um, But they already start to think about okay, how can I progress to the full planche? And I think um, it's very important that um, this is maybe a step in between. So let's say I'm that person and I want to progress further. It's best to uh, just perfect technique in straddle planche, hold it with a nice posterior pelvic tilt 
um, and narrow the legs together, which will make the exercise extremely hard again. And so you maybe drop down to a few seconds again, um, like you said, with a margin, of course. It has to be with a margin. And then when you are um, having that step in between, um, you will automatically find yourself in a position where you say, okay, I can hold this for, let's say, another five or six seconds. Maybe now I'm ready to um, start training for the full planche and it won't be as big of a step um, like jumping from a compensated straddle planche to a full planche. Yeah, Absolutely. so because this is... Uh, what the full planche is all about. It has higher strength demands than the straddle planche, but less technical demands. Um, so the point is you just need to get stronger when you can hold a very exactly. long straddle planche. Uh, and that's yeah, honestly it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, and you can do that um, with the same technique, uh, like you achieved the straddle planche. You use loop bands for the um, posterior pelvic tilt straddle planche or for the full planche. Um, you maybe incorporate some sets of just trying when you're already strong enough to hold it for a short period of time. And the rest you um, use loop bands or lighter progression to just uh, collect some more volume. And yeah, this should work very nicely. And you got the movement. And yeah, don't forget, it does take a long time. Like now we talk about it, da, 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 da. It goes like it can take years. It took me like almost five years because I learned it the wrong way back then. Like it was 2011, 12, nobody knew anything about it. And so I had to try on my own. I made thousands of mistakes. Like I, I did every mistake possible and I got a coach, Leo, uh, which is here at Stanix too. And, and he corrected me and like, I had to start over from the beginning so many times again and again, and I would have sa saved so much time if I just knew before, um, that's, yeah. that's why we're here, uh, to, to Same. avoid that. And doing many Same. mistakes is, is great. Like, yeah. Yeah. Same story with me. I st started out, uh, on my own, um, in my book, I <laughs> progressed to, uh, whatever straddle planche, like very compensated, very bad. I joined, I spent a year uh, learning that. Then I started with you, got set back to advanced tuck planche again. Uh, it took me six months again to learn the right uh, activations uh, and another six months to uh, then again hit straddle. So I, uh, it took me two years to uh, got to straddle planche again, <laughs> uh, learning the right activations. And it is a continuum from uh, then on. And I'm still learning, still correcting technique, uh, still getting stronger in planche. Um, and this is really important, guys. It just, it's, it's really... Um, you need to have a lot of uh, patience yeah. when training for planche, even if you want to do it with high quality and the right activations. And I know, like, especially as a young athlete, you see you see these extreme talents out there on Instagram. They learn to planche in eight months, a year. 
And then you want to go to them to learn that. The, the problem with that is uh, that most of these people, they just got there trying, meaning they don't even know how it feels to not be able to understand something right away. They don't have to try thousands of things and different variations, assistance exercises, methods, uh, progressions to get better. They just, they just kind of went there. They tried the first tuck plunge, easy. Uh, after two weeks, they could have hold like 10 seconds of, of advanced tuck plunge. They just tried to throw their legs out and they could hold a straddle. And somebody like that, sadly, can't teach you how to get there. Uh, I know his looks incredible, but he won't be able to explain all the situations you probably get in. Uh, the hard life you have to get like to this exercise. Well, somebody who went through a lot of that can probably teach you uh, better. So yeah, just a little disclaimer. True. So should we talk a second about um, planche push-ups and dynamic exercises? Yes, I think that's uh, very interesting for mm. a lot of uh, listeners out there. Um, since those exercises are dynamic exercises, um, you have to keep in mind um, you should only perform those dynamics in a progression that is easier than your isometric uh, position. Let's say you can hold a straddle planche for a few seconds, for example. Um, then I would suggest that you uh, start training your planche push-ups or planche raises, negatives, whatever, in an easier progression like the tuck uh, planche negatives or tuck planche push-ups or even advanced tuck negatives and push-ups. But um, what progression you choose there is also, again, dependent on how good your technique in these exercises are. So can you maintain the correct scapular activation when performing movement? And uh, you have to keep in mind it becomes much harder to incorporate the right uh, activations when moving around because you now have to not only concentrate on um, holding it, but also concentrate on maintaining the hold while moving around. Yeah. And this uh, creates, uh, creates a big instability that is uh, sometimes very hard uh, to um, account for. Yeah, I think that you said everything there was to say, like working working on tuck planche and advanced tuck planche push-ups. Uh, our idea for push-ups generally is we like the person to achieve the last progression of a certain exercise before really focusing on the push-up work because it's so complex. You can do it at the same time and it gives you the advantage that if somebody gets strong or stuck in a certain progression, you can use the push-up movement to make the scapula stronger, to understand the scapula in space better. And uh, on tuck planche push-ups or advanced tuck planche push-up, we even started adding weight to those exercises, which makes a nice linear progression possible. Adding weight is just beautiful because it's so mathematical. Uh, while we try to bring as much numbers and um, objectiveness almost in exercises as possible, which makes us our work as coaches easier because there can be so much, so many little compensations in in these exercises that makes following progress 
for a coach hard too from time to time. And we don't want to work with trial and error. We want to work with nice specific work where we can see someone progressing and understanding if he gets better, yes or no, if or if he just does the exercise worse uh, and therefore can hold it for a longer time. And uh, that is our uh, our philosophy on one side. On the other side, we like, like you said, dynamic exercises on maybe the technical day to understand a bigger ROM, like that we, we are not only strong in that specific position, but we can keep our arm up and like get strong in the whole range of motion, uh, which is helpful, of course, but very difficult. And generally, if we can get our athlete to get stronger in the isometric by just working on the isometric, we do that. We don't need to overcomplicate things with 10,000 exercises. Simplicity and mathematical progression is just so beautiful that I don't thought throw you it said simplicity, simpli right? Simpli <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We're in simplicity. To simplicity, simplicity. Uh, no, it just like don't make your, your, your life too hard. Uh, many people yeah. come with these extremely fancy exercises they just put in to sound fancy, to sound smart, and just confuse the athletes, confuse everyone, and they actually don't help you. Uh, so yeah. the easier, the better, uh, the more mathematical, the better. The more we can assess progress, the better our athlete can get over time. That's yeah. it. I think... You said it all in once. Just go to Simplicity. It's not that hard. And <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that's all there is to know yeah. um, about how to progress to, uh, to how to progress in the planche. What requirements do you need? How much you should train it? Yes. Very nice. Do you have anything to add? Mm, maybe uh, one of our favorite exercises as a little bonus secret. Whoa, secret. Uh, for wow. people that, that managed to stay with us until now without getting annoyed. Um, <laughs> we really like to use uh, the planche lean to race as an exercise. Um, this is one of the reasons why in Italy every planche looks so nice. Everyone has that exercise in the plan means you lean into the planche and you are in a very nice line and bring the line up with the whole body. You don't break the line while going up or you don't jump into the planche. Uh, this is very difficult and needs to be worked on easier progression, just as David said, said before. And this allows you to work a big, bigger range in the shoulder uh, muscle uh, and the whole scapula has to play with. Um, and allows you to understand the hips positioning very, very well, making your planche uh, 10,000 times more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that sums it up pretty well. So if you want to see me struggle on Instagram with my own planche training, you can look it up um, at calisthenics underscore David. This is my Instagram. Um, you can also find us at underscore Stenix, which is our um, client uh, progress site. And we post a lot of uh, stuff about different topics, not just planche, basically all calisthenics exercises and yeah. some uh, clients progress. And how can I find you on Instagram, Dennis? So my name is uh, at Dennis underscore Kalis. 
And yeah, if you enjoyed this video, uh, I would ask you to share if you're listening on Spotify, share it in your stories, tag us, helps us grow. Um, this content, in my opinion, <laughs> is gold. Uh, I, I wish I would have found something <laughs> like this 10 years ago. No bias yeah. at all here. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, so share it with your friends. It might help them uh, save a lot of time. And if you are interested into getting coached, uh, you can hit up the link in the bio. Uh, you will find it in the bio on Instagram or here in the description on YouTube if you're watching our not so beautiful faces here. Um, you can leave us a subscribe, a like, a comment if you enjoyed it, all that fun stuff. Um, and yeah, see you next time. See you next time. Bye-bye.